Hey guys, welcome to Frosting on the Cake with Ellie and Heidi, Ellie's mom. (laughs) I hope you enjoy our podcast. We will be talking a little bit about ourselves, just different things we think of throughout the day, a little bit of Jesus sprinkled in, and who knows, we might even interview some people. Come along for the ride. Hi everybody, happy Wednesday. Today is, for me, my first official day of summer. Yesterday was our last day of school with our students and we had our little like fun field day, which was a really great day and a lot of fun, despite that it rained in the morning, but God is good as always and like parted the clouds, brought out the sunshine and we were able to take the kids outside for pretty much the whole afternoon. So that was wonderful and a great blessing. But anyway, I wanted to chat with you today because literally like two minutes ago, I was just in my kitchen finishing up my breakfast and had just rinsed out my bowl and a song was on the radio. And I believe it was a song by either Elevation Worship or Hillsong. I cannot remember who, but um, it was a song about surrendering and about faithfulness. And the words just, I can't even describe what it did. It just generated directly in my heart, in my soul, really, it felt like. And I started to cry. And I just, I put, I had my water bottle in my hand. I put my water bottle down and just started praising the Lord. I raised my hands toward heaven and started to cry. And I just said, you know, faithful, you know, Lord, help me to be faithful. You know, I surrender to you. Help me to be faithful. And the word just faithful kept going through my head over and over and over again. And I thought, okay, clearly the Lord wants me to be faithful in whatever. I don't know specifically, you know, if the Lord was prompting my heart in one specific area or if he was just reminding me, you know, Heidi, be faithful. Um, I don't know, but it struck me so deeply and I thought, I've got to share this. I've got to take a few minutes to just sit down with you guys and share this because the Lord is working. The Lord is working behind the scenes, I do believe, where none of us know it in our world, in our country, in our school systems, in our homes, in our communities. I don't want us to grow weary of well-doing. I mean, God's word tells us do not grow weary of well-doing. And I do believe, I know that God put that in the Bible for us for such a time as this, because I think that many of us are just that we're we're becoming really tired of trying to do right and we feel like every ter- at every turn we're kind of getting pushed down or kicked down or you know um ignored or whatever but um i just really feel the lord's impre- impressing upon my heart and the heart of so many other people so many other christians and people that are non-christians people that just believe in truth that um you know we need to speak truth, but speak truth in love and be faithful and not faithful, you know, to humanity. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that we shouldn't be nice to people. That's not what I mean. What I mean is we as Christians need to be faithful to our heavenly father and be encouraged and not grow weary of well-doing and realize that God is working. Like I've said before, I shared the story of, um, Elijah uh, and about how 
you know, he was basically at home, you know, one day kind of getting ready for the day, eating breakfast, whatever, drinking coffee. And his servant went outside and said, oh my gosh, you know, the enemy is surrounding us. They're everywhere. What are we going to do? And he was panic stricken. And, um, you know, Elijah was cool as a cucumber and just prayed, you know, Lord, show him, you know, reveal to him what's really going on out there. And then when Elijah's servant went outside, the Lord opened his eyes to see the heavenly army that was in turn surrounding the enemy's army. And I just, I don't know, I guess, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps as I'm recalling that story because I know I told it a few pods ago to all of you, but I'm getting goosebumps when I tell you that story because I truly feel like this is the message that God is wanting all of us to remember right now is that we think we're surrounded on every side and there's no way out and there's no way around and there's no way above or below or any way. But I'm here to tell you and encourage you that God is there. He is working and we may not see it. Maybe the Lord has chosen whatever situation we each are walking through right now. Maybe the Lord has chosen to keep that from us for the moment, but maybe he's helping us to grow our faith in him to know that he is working and we just need to be faithful in trusting him, believing him, counting on his word and knowing that he is faithful. And let's remember too, everybody, that God is faithful even when we aren't. And, you know, to me, that's a little bit mind blowing because, you know, in my humanity, I feel like, you know, sometimes when people let me down or they continuously, you know, say to you, oh yeah, I'm trying or I won't do it again. And they continuously, pardon me, I have to cough. excuse me, they continuously go back, kind of like how God's word talks about the dog returning to its vomit. It reminds me of that. And, you know, we tend to then kind kind of give up on those people and go, okay, yeah, whatever. And we don't look at their faithfulness. And because of that, we in turn are not faithful to that person, whether, you know, whatever it's regarding, you know, work ethic, whatever. And, you know, let's talk about work ethic for a minute. You know, oftentimes we in our humanity base our work ethic around the people that are around us. Like if I go into a job and I'm busting my buns and I'm working really hard and I'm working circles around people, there may come a time where I look around and pause and go, wait a minute, why am I busting my buns so hard? Why am I working so hard? So you know what? I'm going to slack off a little bit because look, they're getting paid the same amount of money I'm getting paid. And They're not getting fired for not doing their job to the best of their ability. So why should I continue to bust my buns? And oftentimes in our humanity, we do that and we let our faithfulness be a reflection of others' others' faithfulness that are around us. And as Christians, we should not do that. Um, But it's hard. I mean, it's really, really hard because you may be literally the only person in the workplace or even maybe at home or in your community, your church, wherever you are serving and working, you may be literally the only person that is working to the best of your ability, giving 110% all the time. And it may be very discouraging, but I'm here to tell you, God's word as Christians calls us to always do our best in all things to the glory of who? Not to the glory of our coworker or to the glory of our boss or to the glory of our spouse or our kids or the neighbors or whoever. But as Christians, we are called to do everything to the glory of God. And if we're doing everything to the glory of God, shouldn't that 
drive us to do our best always in all things, just like God's word encourages us to, because God gave what for us? He gave all. He gave everything. God gave his only son, Jesus Christ, the sinless, perfect sacrifice to die a sinner's death on a cross, have nails driven through his hands and his feet. And these weren't just nails like, oh, I want to hang a picture nails. These were nails like um, railroad tie type nails, because I want us to all have a really good word picture of the agony that our Savior Jesus suffered for us. So picture in your mind, you know, the nails for that nail railroad ties down. We all know how long those are, how round they are, how big they are, how strong they are. I, I believe they're made of steel, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I don't know. I've never really researched what a railroad tie is made out of, but it's got to be an extremely strong metal. And back in Bible times, they wouldn't have had, you know, the impure metals anyway. So I guess, you know, by deduction, we can assume that they were incredibly strong railroad tie sized nails. But anyway, I digress. Um, My point is that if we think about what did God do for us so that he could have a relationship with us, he gave his only son, the perfect sinless savior, Jesus, in human form, So we need to remember that too, that Jesus left heaven where he was sitting at the right hand of the Father in perfection in heaven. He left that to come to earth and put on humanity, kind of like I would describe to my kids when they were younger, like a Halloween costume, you dress up, but Jesus wasn't like pretending. Jesus put on humanity and chose to not be in his perfect godly heavenly form he still was perfect obviously because he is you know god the god man jesus in the flesh but jesus as a human chose to walk away from i'm going to close my sliding glass door here sorry because my neighbor just started mowing and i didn't want the extra noise anyway um so jesus chose to leave his perfect existence in heaven to come to earth for us and then Jesus came to earth, not, it's not like just boom, zap, all of a sudden Jesus, as a grown man, started walking the earth. No, no, no. Jesus came to earth as a baby, which you all already know this, but just to wrap our minds around it, and I know our minds are so finite and our minds are so small, and I know God's word tells us that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways and thoughts are higher than our ways, and I truly truly believe that a hundred percent because for me to wrap my mind around what God the Father and Jesus the Son just in I shouldn't say just what they did in bringing Jesus to earth as our Savior it it's beyond my comprehension you know I'm a mom I have three kids for me to think about willingly handing one of my children over to a life where I know they're going to be persecuted and ultimately they're going to be murdered and not just murdered like, you know, shot in the head and all of a sudden you're dead and you're in heaven, but murdered to suffer such deep agony and anguish and pain. I mean, it literally moves me to tears because I know I couldn't do that. I, I'm, I, could, I could not do that. And to think that God the Father did that for us by sending his son, Jesus, 
as a newborn baby, innocent and helpless. I mean, think of all of the, all of, if, for those of you that are parents, think of your children when they were newborn babies, just moments old. And the only thing you wanted to do was hold them and kiss them and love them. And to think that God the Father loves his son Jesus and us all the more than what we love our children. And yet, God still chose to send his only son Jesus to this earth so that we people could through Jesus have a personal relationship with God the Father. I mean, like, seriously, just thinking about just that, like, puts me to shame and makes me so ashamed that I haven't given God more. Because, I mean, my gosh, a person is kind to us and opens the door, or a friend loans us money, or people, I don't know, somebody lets you go in front of them at the grocery store line, even, you know, your parents, you know, whatever, maybe they pay off a debt for you or something. Those things are wonderful. And we often, when people do niceties for us like that, we're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. That was so nice of you. And it truly touches our heart. But my goodness, why don't we, and I'm saying myself included here, so please don't mistake. I'm not, you know, preaching at you. I'm preaching at myself, just what God has laid on my heart today. But why on earth do we as Christians not jump to the front of the line to be willing to be faithful to God. If that means that I'm the only person busting my butt at my job and no one else is, who cares? You know what? Because I'm doing this to the glory of God. Because guess what? God's word tells us Christ loved us while we were yet sinners. Like you talk about unworthy. You talk about somebody who shouldn't even give us the time of day, let alone God the Father sacrificed his only son, Jesus, so that he can have a personal relationship with us through him. Like, oh my word, Lord, forgive me. Like, seriously, I, I'll just be honest with you guys. I've been struggling for years. And when I say years, I mean years. Like, oh, I don't know. It's probably been at least four years, I guess I would say. Um, that I've really felt the Lord tugging on my heartstrings to share my full, complete, personal story, which I have yet to share. Because me, it's me, it's my pride keeping me from sharing my full, complete, personal story. It's embarrassment from what, that's keeping me from sharing my full, personal story. It's shame, you know, on my part for not sharing my full personal story. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, as sure as I'm sitting here, I know that the Lord wants me to share my full and personal story. And I know that when I do, I'm going to just step back and watch him work and it's going to be amazing. But I also know that I have to get out of my own way. And I am struggling. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm struggling so hard because my... I. I don't know if it's really, I don't know if it's pride, really. I don't really know what it is to put my finger on it. But um, I need to really have like the strength of heaven backing me to give me the courage 
to step through that door to tell my full complete story because it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be fun and I'm not going to like it at all. I know that. And, um, I really, I just don't want to feel any negative repercussions because of it, I guess is the bottom line. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting back tears right now, just even talking about the idea of it because it scares me so much, which I guess is the biggest thing. But, you know, I also know my life verse is Second Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I really need to grasp onto power, love, and a sound mind, knowing that fear is what Satan is using to keep me back. And by me not sharing my story, I'm honoring Satan more than God. And oh my gosh, that's awful to even think that I would be doing that. And obviously I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just that I guess in regard to sharing my full personal story, I, I, I mean, as I say this, I guess I'm realizing it, that fear has a really big grip on me. Um, so I really need to make that a matter of fervent prayer and that when the Lord gives me the opportunity, which I think is coming soon, that I walk through that door and just allow him to work, you know? So I need to be faithful in that, you know? So back to our points of faithfulness, I need to be faithful in that. And faith a lot of times is very scary, you know, whether it is being the faithful one at work where everybody's sitting down for lunch and you bow your head to pray before your meal. Doesn't sound hard, does it? But oh my gosh, that is one of the hardest things to do to stop and bow your head before a meal in front of other people that you know are not Christians or that you know don't pray, which, you know, that's fine. I mean, if you don't pray before you eat, whatever, you know, that's fine. I'm not, I don't, I'm not mad at you about it. I don't hate you. I don't think that you're, you know, going to hell or anything like that, but it's hard. You know, we say those things like, oh, you know, we should pray all the time before we eat. Yes, we should. Should we be sincere? Absolutely. But putting it into practice and doing it requires faithfulness on our part. Faithfulness to not care what the other people at the table are thinking about us because we're bowing our head before we eat our meals. Now, kids, I don't know if I have any young people that are still going to school, whether it be college or high school, element. I'm sure not elementary school, but anyway, young adults. If I have any young adults at all that are listening today, I want to encourage you so much to do that. And I'm not going to say simple because it's not simple to do that one thing, like commit to yourself that I will start praying for my meals. If you don't, start praying for my meals when I'm out in public, whether it be at school, sporting events. Those are huge. I mean, all three of my kids played sports all through high school, you know, and they would have team dinners and whatnot. But I want to encourage young people and all of us adults too, because you know what? A lot of times adults, you think you get a free pass on this. You don't. And shame on us as adults for not setting a better example for the young people because you know what, as adults, we shouldn't be as concerned about what people think. But you know what I've learned? Sometimes as adults, we're even more concerned and we're even more worried about what our coworkers think, especially our coworkers or people in the neighborhood. Moms, you know I'm talking to you because I know it, I feel it. Um, you're out maybe at a, I don't know, neighborhood picnic, whatever, a potluck. I have no idea. 
Maybe you're not with the cool moms. Maybe you're not in the group. Maybe you're someone who kind of sits on the fringes and they invite you because they know you're standing there and that you can hear them talking. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You know what? I've had to get to the point um, where, you know what, I don't care. You know, I'm not in the, quote, cool crowd. I'm not part of the in-group I'm not somebody that gets called up when people have their gatherings or, you know, they go wherever, I don't know, whatever they do. And I had to get to the point where it didn't bother me because you know what? I want friendships that are true, that are deep, that are solid, that are based on God's word and that you can be real with your friends and real with people and you don't have to have a full face of makeup on and your hair done perfectly or be eloquent you know, um, you can just be you and your friends are going to love you anyway. I have friends that I have known, oh golly, um, well, since before any of us had kids and our oldest out of all of our kids is 24. So I have some friends, a small group of friends that we've been friends for probably, oh gosh, I don't, gosh, it's so, it makes me feel old. I want to say for about 30 years, maybe. Yeah, well, maybe not that long, around that long. Anyway, my point is, that Brian and I have a small group of friends that we've been friends with for many, many years. We, for 11 years, have not lived near them. But for, you know, 15 years, um, well, that would tell me how long we've been friends. 15, 26, 27 years? 26, 27 years? Yeah, 26 years. I'm very bad at math. 26 years. Um, So a long time. Anyway, my point is, this small group of friends, even though we don't see each other nearly like we used to, we used to go to church together, so we'd see each other every week. We would go to parades every year. We had like annual events we did um, with each other throughout the year, and our kids basically grew up together. They call each other cousins because they're so close. Anyway, my point is, I could call up any one of those friends right now, and I'm sitting here in my kitchen in my pajamas with my bathrobe on, looking out my um, patio window, um, but I could call any one of those people right now and tell them you know, that I needed something like, hey, can you come help me with whatever, and if they were able to drop everything and come here, or even one of their kids, they would do that. Those are the type of friendships that I want. Those are the type of deep bonds I want where you have friends and I know you do you have friends that are more like family and you have family that are more like friends you know what I'm talking about yeah because there are people coming to your mind right now because I know there are people coming to my mind right now and I'm going yep that's true but you know what to God be the glory you know and thank you Lord that you have given us those deep friendships and those deep bonds because I do believe that is a direct blessing from the Lord to each of us for our faithfulness to him because we do want to be real Christians and real people. We don't want to have those, um, I'm not even going to call them bonds because they're not bonds. We don't want to have those um, shoestring attachments, let's call them, to people just so that we can, you know, look good to the community or to in humanity's eyes, I guess is how I should say it. Um. But anyway, back to God, to us being faithful and what God laid on my heart today is that I, I want everyone that I come across, like everyone's path that I come across, like literally, like even at the gas station when I get gas or grocery store to quick run in and buy, you know, a jar of peanut butter, whatever. 
I want literally every person that I cross paths with in my life, I want them to be able to know that I am a Christian. And I don't mean like I'm going to start wearing a button that says, hi, I'm a Christian, or I'm going to walk up to every person like before I pay for my gas and say, thanks, I'm a Christian. I hope you have a great day. That's not what I mean. What I mean is I want people to see something in me. I pray pretty much every day that when people see me, they'll see more and more of Jesus and less of me. And you all know what I'm talking about, like less of my humanity, less of my moods, less of my idiosyncrasies, less of my um, anger, less of my hurt, less of me. And when they look at me, they see more of Jesus, more of his love, more of his kindness. The Beatitudes, love, you know, kindness, goodness, graciousness, all of those, I believe there are nine Beatitudes that they would see those godly characteristics in me. And when they see me, they would know, oh my gosh, that only comes from her knowing Jesus. That's the only explanation. You know, maybe the Lord gives you the grace and the ability to be kind to someone that people know you don't get along with, or they know that person hates you. Like let's, okay, so let's go this way. Let's say, and we all know, well, again, we'll have somebody, you know, pop into our mind. Um, Let's say there's someone that you know does not like you. And it's not that you don't like them. Like, you think they're fine. You have nothing against them. But you know this person does not like you. But through the grace of God, he's blessed you with the ability to be kind to them. You know, maybe the verse is coming to some people's mind, you know, that says, you know, kindness to your enemies is like heaping coals upon their head. So, you know, I'm not going to go there and into what that means. But maybe that's coming to mind. And I'm not going to lie, oftentimes, you know, in the past that had come to my head where someone would come across my path that I know they despise me and I'm sweet as honey because in my mind, I'm envisioning hot coals being heaped upon their head because it's driving them crazy that I'm being nice to them. Now, is that good godly intent on my part? Mm, Probably not. I don't really think that's, you know, what the Lord meant and how he meant for us to use that verse when, you know, he put that in God's word. But um, I do think that it's good for us to remember that we are called to love all people. We are called to be kind to all people. We are called to want to be more like Jesus more and more every day, every moment, every minute, every second. Um, And in doing that, the biggest thing Jesus did when he walked the earth was what? love. He loved people. He loved them right where they're at. He didn't go up to them and throw things in their face. He didn't go up to them and curse them out. He didn't go up to them and push them physically or with words or mentally, emotionally, or anything. He loved them right where they're at. And then he would speak truth to them in what? In love. So back to, again, to our faithfulness, because I like to make sure and tie everything back to the topic that the Lord has put on my heart is if we all are faithful in, and I'm going to put it in quotation marks, little things, God's word tells us that he will then bless us with kind of larger responsibilities. So I, but I, but please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we should only obey the Lord and his word for what we're going to get out of it in the form of blessings, because that's the incorrect intent. That is not that should not, excuse me, be our only reason for obeying God. We should want to obey God because we love him. We should want to obey his word and walk in his ways because we love him, not because of what he's going to get, uh, give us or get us. 
because that is, pardon me, <coughs> sorry, that is the wrong intention of our heart. And that's um, not, God's not going to honor that because he knows our hearts. Um, so I have, I'm going to digress a little bit. So it was about two Sundays ago, we had Ellie's graduation party. And um, we had our graduation party, and then three days later was her actual graduation when she walked across the stage. So to say it was a hectic time here at our home and in our family's lives would be an understatement. However, I want to share with you that it was amazing. The Lord is faithful, and the weather held out, and we had a great time of fellowship with family and friends. My house was busier than a bus station, let me tell you, when they're running a half-off sale on tickets. I mean, it was crazy. I don't know where that came from, but it just kind of popped into my head. I don't go to the bus station, but anyway, um, I digress. So I want to share with you though, that, um, you know, all throughout Ellie's party and the preparation and during the party, even after the party with cleanup and, you know, making sure the, you know, people, different people come to pick things up that we had rented and whatnot. I like deluged her graduation time in prayer. Like if you can just picture a huge deluge of water just whoosh over the top of your head, you know, when um, maybe somebody surprises you and throws a big bunch of water on you like that. Like I doused that time frame for Ellie in prayer. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it. And God is so good and God is so faithful because one of the moments that stands out for me and Kara, I hope you're listening because I want you to know how much this meant to me. But there was an evening where it was myself, Kara, my beautiful daughter-in-law, and my mom, my husband's mom, but I call her my mom, so my mother-in-law. And hi, mom, if you're listening, I love you both. I love you and Kara. Anyway, um, and the three of us sat down and just started talking. Well, it ended up being, it seemed like hours-long conversation about God and salvation and about Jesus and how do people work out their salvation and how it looks differently for different people. And bottom line, at the end of the day, if I could like sum up the whole conversation, Kara, you were right. And I want all of us to remember this. Kara kept saying, you know, Jared and I, and Jared is our son, obviously, Kara kept saying to me, you know, Jared and I, we were talking about this and we keep coming back to that it's a heart condition. And Kara, you've nailed it. You have hit the nail on the head. It is all a heart condition. When it comes to serving the Lord and serving God and being born again in the blood of Jesus and confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and then, okay, once you have chosen to make Jesus the Lord of your life, the work is not done. It's then when you start to grow and learn and choose, prayerfully you do this, choose to become more Christ-like and allow the Lord to mold your heart. God's word talks about in one verse about taking your heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. And if you think about it, that's really what we are allowing the Lord to do is we're allowing him to mold us and to make us into the person that we have intended, have been intended to be and to become since the day we were born. Once we choose to surrender our life to the Lord, then we need to start praying to allow him to work in our heart and life. And we need to be, again, faithful in allowing the Lord to mold us 
and change us and make us into the person that he has intended us to be. And he's going to use all those gifts and all those talents and all of those abilities that he's blessed us with. And I'll caution you, when you surrender and your heart is set right and you're choosing to follow him, he's going to stretch you and he's going to make you uncomfortable and he's going to walk you through stuff that you don't want to be walked through. But just like he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through the fiery furnace, he didn't keep them from getting thrown into that fiery furnace. He walked with them through that fiery furnace. And remember, he brought them out without even the smell of smoke on their garments. Like, remember that. I just want us all to remember that, myself included. Please remember, I'm talking to myself too because God literally stopped me in my tracks about 35 minutes ago and touched my soul and I started crying because I know he's working in my heart and he's working on me like that lump of clay, molding me, shaping me, making me to become the person that he's always intended for me to be. I just need to get out of the way. Am I faithful? Am I going to be faithful? Am I going to allow him to mold me and make me? And that's going to mean me being super uncomfortable. Am I going to choose comfort and not walk that road and just kind of shrug it off? And every time you sense, every time I, I shouldn't say you, every time I hear that still small voice, am I going to shrug it off? Am I going to just walk away? Am I going to just ignore it? Or am I going to choose to be faithful to it and walk the road that I know I don't want to walk because I know it's going to be uncomfortable and I know I'm not going to like it. But I also know at the end of the day, God is what? He's faithful. And God is going to do abundantly, immeasurably more, because that's what God's word says, than I could ever ask or imagine regarding this event. So I don't know. I feel like I've kind of talked your ear off, but... I just, I really, really have been convicted about faithfulness and knowing that each of us are being called as Christians to be faithful, not just faithful in the big things. Sometimes, I guess, I guess I want to interject too. Sometimes I think it's almost easier to be faithful in the big things because the big things is usually just one event. So you pray about it, you surrender yourself, you go ahead and do it, whatever it is. And then it's done and you're like, phew, well, that's over with. I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's almost easier than having to be faithful in the, quote, little things like praying before a meal in front of your entire soccer team, praying before a snack in front of all the moms at the mom luncheon, praying before dinner at the catered luncheon at work. You know, I said dinner and then luncheon. You know what I mean? Um... So I almost feel like the big things, of course, depending on what they are, it's almost easier to be faithful in that because it's one thing and you're done. It's kind of like ripping off the Band-Aid. Whereas the little, quote, little things, I feel like require more consistency on our part. And isn't that what God wants us to do? He wants us to be consistent. That's kind of like what faithfulness is. Faithfulness is being consistent. Like you're going to faithfully do whatever. For example, I haven't been working out consistently. I haven't been working out faithfully. Are those two words interchangeable? Mm, Maybe. I wouldn't want to interchange them because I want for myself to always remember the faith part of being faithful. I feel like if I replace it, pardon me, I have to cough again. I have a tickle in my throat. (coughs) Mm, Excuse me. I feel like, oh, sorry. (coughs) Oh, 
my gracious. Let's try this again. I feel like for myself, if I take out the faith part of faithfulness and I replace it with the word consistency, then I will tend to forget the why behind what I'm doing. And I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but to me, the why behind what I'm doing, why am I being faithful in, you know, we'll go back to the, you know, praying before lunch example. You know, if I remind myself continuously, why am I being faithful with praying before I eat? Well, because I love the Lord and I want to be faithful and do what is right in his eyes and focus on him. I think that helps to shift our mindset and shift our focus and make us maybe more apt to continue to be faithful in those things. Whereas if we say consistency, it's kind of like, you know, the politically correct term, if you will, where it takes away that um, reminder, that godly reminder. And just as an aside, I feel like society is doing that so much today where we are taking away the godly reminders of things and we really need to make sure and put those back in because if we are not reminded daily, sometimes moment by moment, as to the why of what we're doing, then I feel like it's more, we are more apt to not do it because we can shrug it off more easily because there's no eternal consequence. There's no um, reminder of what we, why we should be truly doing what we're doing. And really the Lord just laid that on my heart. So, cause I don't know where that came from, but that's a really good reminder for me too. You know, for me, don't take the faith out of being faithful. Don't replace it with consistency. Keep it with the term faithful. Heidi, are you being faithful? Not Heidi, are you being consistent? Heidi, are you being faithful? Wow, that will really, you know, it's just striking me, but that I think will really help me to do the things that I know I'm called to do. Heidi, are you being faithful with your workouts? Because you know what? Your body is a temple of the Lord. You're called to take care of it. You only get one body. Jesus as your savior. The Holy Spirit lives within you. Shouldn't you take good care of your body? Um, yeah, I should. Am I? Mm, nope. Do I need to be more faithful with my workouts? Absolutely. Oh, golly, Lord. Okay, different perspective on it. So anyway, I won't keep you any longer, but I just really wanted to just chat with you about faithfulness because, boy, did the Lord ever knock me over the head with that this morning, and I know I needed to share it with you. So hopefully this has been an encouragement to you. I never want anyone to feel like I'm belittling them or chastising them about any of these things that I talk about with you or that Ellie and I talk about with you because Ellie and I pray for the Lord to bring topics to mind, and I do believe he's been very faithful in that. So please don't mistake anything that I've said for me being um, rude or unkind or ill-willed because that's not it at all. And if any of you know me, hopefully you know that that is not who I am. I try very hard um, to be faithful to the Lord and to always be a light in this world for him. So anyway, uh, having said all of that, I hope you have a super great day here in Michigan. The sun is shining. It's gorgeous out. There's a mild breeze. And I think it's like, yeah, it's like 74 degrees. So it's like perfect outside. So I hope each and every one of you have a wonderful day. I hope you have a faith-filled day of being faithful. I love doing little word things like that. I think it's fun. Anyway, have a super day and I will chat with you later. So until we meet again.